This is Chris Michaels, and you are listening to The Last Call Podcast with the aforementioned lovable fuzzball Chris Michaels. What a riveting weekend we've had. Oh, goodness. Monkeypox. The surrender at Mariupol with the Azovstal plant. Oh, my goodness. You don't hear about that very often in the Western media. They only talk about, oh, well, you know, it's time to move on from that story. And the Ukrainians are, no, 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 2,500 people surrendered over there, most of them Nazis. So let's let's get this straight. Let's not mince words here. They surrendered because the Russians beat them. And then you have Zelensky at the uh, World Economic Forum. They're having their big powwow here at Davos. Um, And Davos has, uh, well, they call it Davos, but uh, the World Economic Forum has its very own privatized or deputized police force. Now, what I'd like to see there, or what I'd like to analyze, is that little emblem they have on their patch. It looks like two rams of butting heads with a crystal cluster beneath them. So we have to watch out for more symbolism when it comes to that. It almost looks like a face, but it doesn't really look like a face. I don't know the symbolism of those, I guess, maybe mountain goats, possibly. Very, very long horns, but it does look like uh, asymmetrical crystals beneath the two rams hitting each other. So look out for more stuff like that. But here is the scuttlebutt. Uh, from the Sussman trial, which is all about Russiagate, which is all about Durham. You can find plenty of people that talk about it. But here's the crux of this whole thing. This clown Sussman working for Hillary Clinton basically went to the FBI and the CIA and said, oh, this is just me being a good citizen trying to make sure that the Russians don't gain control of the White House. So here's a whole bunch of information. And today saw all of these FBI employees that basically said, if I knew that this information came from the Democratic National Committee— Democrats like John Podesta, then we should not have gone into any sort of investigation because the information is bunk and more than likely biased. But, and here's the, here's the big part of this, but the, and there, I think there were two or three people that said basically the same thing today. Uh, but we didn't know that it came from the Democrats all we know is that it came from the superiors at the FBI. So you're talking about the people at the top, like a James Comey, like an Andy McCabe, like a Lisa Page or a Peter Struck Stroke. That's who you're talking about. So there's no other way to slice it. Now, this happened on Friday, and it made big old news. But a lot of people don't pay attention to this. If you're listening to me, then you probably already do know about this, but... Uh, basically, uh, Robbie Mook, the Mookster, he came out and he said, guess what? Uh, I recall conversations with none other than Miss Palmieri. Then I recall conversations with Mr. Sullivan. Then I recall conversations with none other than Mr. Podesta, John Podesta, Pizzagate Podesta, That's who he recalls conversations with. And I'm going to go out on a limb. 
And this is my prediction. I predict that Mr. John Podesta and quite possibly Tony Podesta are the ones behind this. They're the ones that really gave the info to the CIA and the FBI. That's just going to be my my thing here. Now, what's also interesting that you have to realize is that the way the information got to the FBI and the CIA. Normally, these informants that are on the outside that don't necessarily work for the FBI or the CIA, they've got what they call handlers. So they've got people that work for the agencies. They're dedicated to their human intelligence assets on the outside. These people, this information about Russiagate and Alpha Bank, it reached the FBI and the CIA not through the handlers. It means that this info was given to people at the top. You're talking about the directors of these agencies. You're talking about political appointees aligned to the Democrats. That's how this went. And finally, what the Mookster said on Friday before the break... This is a question to him. You had testified that there was a conversation in which you told Ms. Clinton about the proposed plan to provide the Alpha Bank allegations to the media, correct? And what was her response? All I remember, the Mookster said, is that she agreed to the decision. So right there, right there, you hear point blank that Ms. Clinton the epitome of pear-shaped, which, which, because she does belong to a, uh, a women's fraternity that meets in Central America every year, by the way, uh, she is out there and she gave the approval to run the Russia-Trump collusion narrative, even though everybody knew since day one that the information was false. False. It's not that it couldn't be verified. It was outright false, and it was doctored up to make it look like something that was true. And everybody in the FBI probably knew it was false, but they ran along with it anyway. Now, this was from uh, David Zuckerman of TheAmericanThinker.com. He sums it up nicely by saying, The harm done to the United States by the perfidy, perfidy, of the Clintonistas cannot be overemphasized because he cites uh, something from another article. He cites an editorial from the Wall Street Journal. Big, big, big turn for the Wall Street Journal. Big about face. They're finally talking about things that everybody that listens to me knew about since day one for over four years. The Russia-Trump collusion narrative of 2016 and uh, was a dirty trick for the ages. For the ages. And now we know it came from the top Miss Clinton. Prosecutors say Sussman was working for the Clinton campaign. Mr. Mook said Mrs. Clinton was asked about the plan, the Trump Alpha plan, and approved it. In short, the Clinton campaign created the Trump Alpha allegation, fed it to credulous press that failed to confirm the allegations, but ran with them anyway. No, 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 no. They didn't fail to confirm it. They purposefully ran with the story because they were aligned with the Democrats. They were aligned with the globalists. They are complicit. The press is complicit in this 
fake narrative. If they gave Trump alpha collusion narratives and Hillary Clinton narratives the same level of scrutiny that they gave Trump throughout his whole presidency, we would not be in the situation that we've been in for almost six years. And then Wall Street Journal continues, promoted the story as if it was legitimate. The campaign was delivered uh, and uh, to the claims to the FBI, giving journalists another excuse to portray the accusations as serious and perhaps true, worthy of investigation. So this is not good. If you've got the Wall Street Journal turning on you, then you've got some real issues ahead of you because those people at the Wall Street Journal, they're the money makers. They're the ones that steer the Davos crowd. So if they're starting to talk, then you're probably going to be in a little bit of hot water. So this is the big question that everybody is asking. If you're Mueller and you had, remember Mueller, he did this whole thing. For years and years, $40 million in resources. If you've got 19 lawyers, 40 FBI agents, 2,800 subpoenas, 500 search warrants, issued almost 50 orders authorizing use of pen registers, made 13 requests to foreign governments, and uh, interviewed approximately 500 witnesses, then my question and everybody else's question is, how could you not know about Hillary Clinton's complicity in this hoax? The answer is because if you just look the other way and don't ask questions, nothing happens. And the mainstream media was more than happy to go along with the narrative that Trump was a fascist and Trump is a racist and always colluding with Russia and he's Putin's puppet because how could a president get into the Oval Office and uh, with, uh, he's so advanced. He's so advanced technologically that he's able to fool the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, and even the Secret Service and still somehow manage to take orders from Putin. I mean, good. How stupid are you? You have no idea. On the old terrestrial uh, radio show that I do, the network, the, all of those uh, other hosts, they believe that story hook, line, and sinker. And if you dared question them, it's immediately uh, just shut down. No, no, no. Well, I believe what you believe. You just got to see where this goes. It, it, it is fantasy land. Fantasy land with these people. Bought and and so that really tells you the kind of cognitive dissonance that these people have been programmed with. How can they hold two opposing point of views at the same time and somehow uh, square that circle? Somehow make two opposing point of views make it sense? It doesn't make sense. You're stupid. You're not capable of critical thinking. That's the real truth here. And you wanted to believe something. You wanted to believe something so bad that you put your critical thinking capabilities on hold because you wanted to be part of the crowd. You didn't want to be called a racist. You didn't want to be called a bigot, even though there was no evidence for it. It's just hideous. Very, very sad time in electoralism here in the U.S. Uh, but whatever it is, whatever, it, we're cleaning it up now. We're cleaning it up now. But we need to turn our attention and I hope to not make this a 45-minute 
stroll through the woods here. But we need to turn our attention to what's been going on with Pfizer, with uh, COVID-19 crap, with monkeypox. I brought it up last week. Erroneously, I got shot down in a couple of cases. You have no idea what you're talking about in this instance and that instance. But the, the gist of what I said remains. More than likely, monkeypox is a adverse reaction, adverse event from the inoculations, from the mRNA gene therapy prophylactics, otherwise known as vaccines. Somehow they're known as vaccines. But this is the real troublesome aspect to all of this. They're still running this story up the flagpole. The other disturbing issue with all of this is that the United States already has plenty of monkeypox vaccines on hand. But due to one case, one case out of 350 million people with uh, one case of monkeypox, they now said, oh, we're going to buy $119 million worth of monkeypox vaccines just because the danger is real. I mean, another bailout for Big Pharma? Another one? So... Back in 2018, we all know this story by now, but Pfizer's CEO was at the World Economic Forum, and he's out there. with The guy needs a haircut, let's be honest. Albert Bourla needs a haircut. He said, basically, we've developed a biological chip that is in the tablet, in the pill, and once we take the tablet and it dissolves into the stomach, it sends a signal that you took the tablet. So imagine the applications of that, the compliance. The insurance companies know that the medication, that the medicines patients should take, that they actually take them. So this is once again, and this is from 2018, we're talking four years ago. This is once again another effort for the World Economic Forum and Big Pharma to track your life in toto. They want to know what you're doing at all times, in real times, from cradle to grave. Hopefully, or according to their mindset, a grave sooner than later, just as long as we can make enough money off of you while you're alive— barely alive. They don't want healthy people. They want people that just deal with the uh, the, the symptoms of their illnesses. So look, just think about that. You take a pill, it sends a message. It sends a message. How? To your smartphone. We talked about this countless times, countless times, with the uh, the patent that was taken out that you're injected with luciferase, you're injected with graphene oxide, and that graphene oxide interacts with your smart device, with your smart home, with your smart city, with your smart grid via 5G, and it tells your employer whether or not you're doing the job that was assigned to you based upon your biorhythms, your heartbeat, your, uh, your breath rate, your blood pressure, everything else, okay? And if your biorhythms don't match the job descriptions biorhythms, then you do not earn your cryptocurrency. You're unable to mine your cryptocurrency, and being that at that point, the patent that this applies to, it will be a cashless society. It means that you are not able to eat. 
You're not able to live because you've not earned the money that you were supposed to be earning based upon your biorhythms. Same concept here. You're talking about total compliance. If the World Health Organization says you must take this medicine, they're going to track it in a chip. And that's what they really, really want to do. But here's the good part about all of this. Pfizer's story is falling apart. It's a little, little blurb that came out uh, for two seconds on Friday. And basically, Pfizer was trying to dismiss a lawsuit in the military. Why? Because the COVID-19 vaccine, basically that Pfizer was being sued. Uh, you know, you screwed us, you, you poisoned us, whatever else. But Pfizer says, uh, 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 you cannot sue us. We're exempt from lawsuits because the COVID-19 inoculations meet the definition of what a prototype is. In other words, in a lawsuit, old Chris Michaels was proven right again. I said since day one, these inoculations are experimental. They're only available under emergency use authorization. You cannot get the approved product. The letters from Pfizer that I've read, the letters that are from Pfizer that I have uh, addressed to me personally, uh, say that Colmenardi is not available. We've got no idea when it's going to be available. Uh, and we have got no idea when we're actually going to start uh, producing the approved version of the product. So there you go. And now they're confirming it in front of a judge that this stuff is prototypes. That's all it is. That's all it is. Now the big question becomes, how could your employer, how could your employer demand that you take prototype medical procedures, experimental medical procedures in order to earn your food pellets? How could anybody legally, how could any corporation legally do this? That's the big question that I hope we get answered. But we are going to start to see more mask nonsense coming through because the CDC just made it an about face and said domestic travelers should undergo COVID-19 testing before and after they travel. Here it comes. Are you ready? Here it comes. Oh, regardless of vaccination status. So why did you take the vaccine if you're still being forced to take a test domestically? Why is that happening? So from the agency's website itself, getting tested as close to the time of departure as possible, is recommended. It was previously only recommended uh, for people who have not received vaccines or their booster shots. We're up to, to uh, the two, uh, the, what they call it, uh, doubly vaxxed. I'm double vaxxed. Uh, so they've gotten two COVID-19 shots, and now we're up to two boosters. So we're up to four shots. Remember Pfizer's release. The documents say that it is a 6 uh, shot vaccine schedule, so there are going to be two more boosters coming down. We're going to have to gin up some more trouble, more fear porn, uh, in order to get those two other boosters out there. The CDC update is also recommending that people take a test before or after a trip if they want uh, to go to crowded spaces 
while not wearing a well-fitting mask or a respirator. When did the recommendation to wear a respirator come into the equation? Are you going to start to see people wandering? And I guarantee you will. A hundred percent you will because these people are brain dead. Uh, walking around with big respirators, like if they're painting a room or something, or working with asbestos. It's, it's, it's bizarre. In a far magazine on May 19th, a spokesperson uh, said, COVID-19 vaccines are effective at preventing severe disease and death. Uh, so is your immune system. So is your immune system. Now they're pushing for vaccinations from the ages of 0 to 11. And they're saying Pfizer came out today. Oh, it's 80% effective once children have three doses of this mRNA gene therapy prophylactic. Three doses. Three doses. So why would any parent with two brain cells to rub together make their child get three doses of DNA-altering prophylactics, right? That's only 80% effective when those age groups, ages 0 to 5 and 6 to 11, when those age groups are able to get over COVID 99.998% of the time. That's called their immune system. It's called a statistical 0% chance that those two age groups will ever be affected by COVID. And if they are, that means they will have natural immunity, which will last them more than likely a lifetime. So please, please start thinking. And if you know somebody that isn't thinking, then please write them off. They're, they're, they're stupid and you can't deal with them anymore. Uh, but anyway, since vaccines... Oh, the spokesperson said are not 100% effective at preventing infection. No, they're, they're way lower than 100% effective. Some people who are up to date can still get COVID-19. So that's why they need to get tested on and off all the time. All the time. And these people will do it. These people will do it. Did you hear about this from the Washington Free Beacon? NPR. So, like I said, I got the old terrestrial radio show. Everybody over there, being that it is a liberal, uh, they, they claim to be progressive and free-thinking and up for debate, but they're not. They're not. They came out, uh, and I like to tweak them. I, I, I try not to have a bad relationship with anybody over there, but I've been physically threatened by some of them. So, a lot of the time, I have no mercy for some of these people. Uh, anyway... They, they love NPR. They can't get enough of NPR. They think I'm intellectual. I listen to NPR. I'm balanced. I, I'm thoughtful commentary. Uh, they use really big words. A lot of syllables, like uh, a fantastic word to use is concupiscent. Uh, just use it while you're necking on your baby. Uh, it's fantastic adjective. So I listen to I'm I'm so far ahead of the pack. I, I, I'm more intelligent than all of the ham and eggers that go out to McDonald's and Wendy's uh, because I listen to uh, reruns of my Prairie Home Companion. Uh, so, But the problem with this is NPR is nothing but propaganda for a certain intellectual class. 
Where do you think they get their money from? They get their money from people that have a vested interest in running a specific narrative under the form of listeners like you. That's all NPR is. And also, it's taxpayer-funded, so your tax dollars go to it. Well, the Washington Free Beacon spilled the beans and said that NPR is still up to fascist no-goodery. We have asked on-site supervisors, said a memo, to remind staff of the masking requirements when needed. Masking is still required. Oh, we have to read it in the hushed NPR tones, uh, like we're Like, it's a Sunday morning, and you're sipping your coffee, and we're going to listen to some jazz. Okay, masking is still required unless recorded alone in a studio, working alone in an office with the doors closed, or actively eating or drinking. Uh, Employees at NPR's headquarters in D.C. uh, said, if you notice someone forgetting their mask, you might tell them, hey, You forgot your mask. It's actually helping the person to be reminded. And nobody, the memo continues, is intentionally trying to evade the rule. And if you are reminded to wear your mask, say thank you. Other options at here, uh, at NPR, you can voice your concerns anonymously via the ethics point system. And so the HR a group will be notified promptly of the violator's status. Please, please, NPR, go back to wherever you came from. Where? Stop with the dictatorship. Stop with the little fascist rules while claiming you're progressive. You're stupid. You you don't have the brain cells to rub together, to understand that your policy is about control. It's not about the science. Because if it was about the science, there wouldn't be the policy in the first place. And you shouldn't be a bunch of Nazis by creating a snitching platform so that employees, paranoid little cucks that you're employing, uh, can go in there and rat out other people that do have brain cells to rub together that say masks are useless. Absolutely disgusting. Absolutely disgusting that people like that are uh, are employed there and taking tax dollars. It's just stupid. Uh, but here's... So we, we've always said since day one, this whole thing is suspicious. I said, you know, if we're looking at pneumonitis, uh, if we're looking at dyspnea, we're possibly talking about low-level radiation poisoning when it comes to COVID-19. But here we go, the expose.uk, Labyrinth Global Health, Inc., on 11-12-2019, made, oh, made, guess what, documentation and was given a contract, given a contract to research what they called COVID-19. They were given $369,511. Now, what's important about that date? Let me read it to you again. November 12th, 2019. Nobody knew about COVID-19 on November 12th, 2019. So why did Labyrinth Global Health get funding from Black & Veatch, which got funding from the Department of Defense, 
Why did they start to research COVID-19 if there was no such thing? Aha. Uh-huh. So, please, do not tell me that this wasn't planned because it was. Do not tell me that this came out of nowhere because it did. Now, it, we're, uh, it's up for debate on what actually it is, but whatever it is was planned. And now we have to watch for those adverse events from those from those shots. All the people that took the shots. Now we're starting to see monkeypox. Monkeypox, monkeypox. Last week I said it. I'm still standing by it. Now a lot of doctors are following suit. You can go to uh, a whole bunch of different social media outlets. All sorts of doctors. They're saying the same thing. Like even Dr. Malone said this. Uh, and Dr. Alexander. Don't worry about monkeypox. It is so rare that it, the only way you're going to get it is if you start bumping uglies with somebody that has it. So for all of you promiscuous people, maybe you should tone down uh, the, 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 the fornicating on somebody's front lawn. Uh, watch out for the squirts, please. You know, Stay away from people that look like they are having boils erupt from their skin. I mean, I don't know why you would be uh, rolling in the hay with somebody that had boils all over their skin, but, you know, whatever it is, you know, any port in a storm at 3 a.m. on a Saturday. So, Belgium begins monkeypox quarantines, and Biden warned in the beginning, everybody should be concerned, Jack, but then he walked that back uh, since then. So, let's just say this is on Friday, uh, and this is this number has gone up, but not by much. Worldwide, 200 cases of monkeypox. Big effing deal. Who cares? Now, the big hoax about monkeypox, and this goes before, before this whole narrative started to take shape. That the, they played, they being the doctors and the pharmaceutical companies and the ones that were running statistics on monkeypox outbreaks, they were playing fast and loose with the statistics in the same way they did with COVID-19. They, the majority of monkeypox cases were under the category of probable infection. In other words, they don't know if the person actually had monkeypox. They don't know if the person had shingles or if they had smallpox and not monkeypox, they're just saying probable. Just like during COVID-19, when you walked into the ER with the sniffles, you were then categorized as a COVID-19 patient because you probably had COVID-19. So the whole idea of monkeypox to begin with is more than a dubious claim. And now they're trying to make it another pandemic. Now they're trying to say, oh, goodness, great. this is going to be the next big thing. Even uh, Klaus Schwab, cross-dresser Klaus, he's out there, and he was saying that, oh, we've got to deal with the next virus we've got on the agenda. He said that today in front of a whole bunch of people. I mean, wh- when is enough enough with these pseudo-Nazi, I mean, pseudo-intellectuals, but dyed-in-the-wool Nazis? Enough is enough. World Health Organization warns monkeypox could accelerate during summer. Why? Because everyone's bumping uglies. Because everyone's out there in bathing suits and rubbing on each other in the water and giving each other hard-ons and everything else. So what do you think will happen? You will get some sort 
of spread. And the CDC issued an advisory on Friday asking doctors to be on the watch for monkeypox. The CDC asked doctors to be vigilant to the characteristic rash associated with monkeypox and describes the rash as vesicles or postules ugh, that are deep-seated, firm and hard, and well-circumscribed, may umbilicate or become confluent and progress over time to scabs. We also know that this kind of thing was in the adverse event page of the Pfizer documents that were dropped. Remember those nine pages? Nine pages of single-spaced adverse events of the COVID-19? Uh, here we go. Autoimmune blistering disease. In other words, you get the pox. It's not uncommon for the people that have been vaccinated to get the pox. So please, please. But the problem is they can't admit that because do you know? How many people will be outraged to learn that, one, there's no monkeypox, two, you gave people some disgusting skin disease, lesions of whatever this is, right, through their supposed treatment, the supposed, oh, it could have been a lot worse, but thank goodness I got my vaccine and thank God I've been boosted uh, because... Thy feeling well, and then the side effects are a lot less than what they could have been. No, now you just got monkeypox. Idiot. Idiot. And this is from the Epic Times. World Health Organization officials say it again. The recent outbreak of the monkeypox is primarily spreading through, you guessed it, bumping uglies, fondling balls. Through sex, the virus itself is not an STD, but well, World Health Organization officials said the recent surge in cases is linked to the homosexual community. However, they said that anyone can contact it, which is generally confined to Central and Western Africa. We've seen a few cases over Europe, said Dr. Rosamund Lewis, who runs the World Health Organization's smallpox research. We've seen a few cases in Europe over the last five years, Justin Travelers, but this is the first time we're seeing cases across many countries at the same time and people who have not traveled to the endemic regions of Africa. Everybody remember what I said about Belgium? Do you know what happened during that time in Belgium? Oh, yes! Yes, let me tell you, it was the Fetish Festival. Many of the patients who have come forward, says the World Health Organization, so far are gay men and Belgium's three confirmed cases of monkeypox have been linked to a large-scale fetish festival in Antwerp. Kupers said in his briefing that while a notable number of men who have had sex with other men are among the patients, the virus is not confined to them. Oh, Goodness gracious. And it spreads via mucous membranes in the mouth, nose, and eyes, or via open wounds. How charming. How absolutely lovely. Ich. 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 Please. This is so nasty. But, but I'm going to tell you, all you have to do, now I, this is why it's staged. This is why it's staged. All you have to do is go to nti.org, nti.org, and you can look up a paper 
a research paper. It's called the NTI paper. The title of this is Strengthening Global Systems to Prevent and Respond to High-Consequence Biological Threats. And it's the usual... It's the usual scenario game. Oh, we've, we've got to play these war games to see what people would do. And so the whole idea behind this is that uh, monkeypox breaks out in the scenario in a fictitious country. So how do we handle it? Guess when the scenario starts. Because this paper was basically created in March of 2021. So, what do they have here? In the fictitious scenario, the monkeypox outbreaks starts on May 15th, 2022. Not even 10 days ago. How did they know about this a year later? Well, the problem is, is that they didn't know about it a year later. They're just creating the scenario that they already played out from a year ago. So, during the initial thing, they've essentially got three phases of the scenario in uh, move number one monkeypox outbreak no international warnings and international alerts and warning systems benefits of and uh, need for early risk assessment move number two starts in january of 2023 uh monkeypox engineered to be vaccine resistant so they're admitting that monkeypox in this scenario is a bioweapon much like bill gates hints at all the time except he uses smallpox and remember that truck that uh that got knocked over earlier in the year and a whole bunch of monkeys got loose and one woman got really really sick uh, because a monkey, I guess, coughed on her or breathed on her or something, maybe threw a pile of turds at her, uh, and she got really sick by it. Now, this whole thing was involving monkeypox. So, move number two continues. National response effects of early action. International supply chain challenges. Predetermined triggers for national responses. International supply chain challenges. This tells me that in early parts of 2023, they are really going to revamp the supply chain all around, all around, not just with vaccines, not just with biosecurity. It's going to be with everything. Move number three starts in May of 2023. Revelation of a terror group origins, infiltration of a civilian biolab. Biosecurity and governance of dual-use bioscience research is now uncovered. So in other words, they are claiming it is a terrorist group. So what do they need? What do they need to solve this whole thing? They need financing for pandemic preparedness. They need measures to strengthen national pandemic capacity preparedness. And they need a global differences in national responses contributing or how they contribute to significantly variable outcomes. They need to study that. The, that end, that end phase, that move number four doesn't end until December of 2023. So you're looking at easy another year and a half of this BS narrative. If they decide to continue along with this and they're dumb enough to be exposed time and again by Chris Michaels referencing this stupid paper by the NTI. Now, what is the NTI? 
Uh, I used to know the acronym for this. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Uh, there it is. Nuclear Threat Initiative. That's what NTI uh, stands for. That's what NTI, uh, that's the group that created this scenario. Uh, so why is a nuclear threat initiative group looking at bioweapons? Why are they going down that road? Hmm. Really, really, really need to start asking that question because I suspect we can get some very, very disturbing answers from all of that. But there you go. That's the whole thing right there. They're playing out a scenario that they ran through a little bit over a year ago. It's not that monkeypox is new. It's that they've already created everything. They already tried to gauge your reaction to it. And the next phase in this whole thing is to blame some kind of group, some kind of terrorist organization to make sure everybody, everybody is under complete control because that's the ultimate end game here especially if we remember what the ceo of pfizer said uh to the world economic forum back in 2018 oh the only way to overcome uh the only way to overcome any of this is to make sure everybody is compliant that's what we need to do everybody needs to be compliant we need those pills that communicate with other smart devices to let everybody know you're up to date with your shots, to let everybody know that you've taken the pills that you need to take and everybody is safe. That's what they're really, that's what they're really gaming for. And I'm going to leave you with a quote from the Archbishop, Archbishop Vignano. And he's been right the whole time. He's called out the Pope. He's called him satanic and everything else. But Archbishop Vignano is right there. He says that if you do what the World Health Organization wants you to do, you are a traitor. You're a traitor. All of these things, he says, is largely financed, World Health Organization, everything else, financed by pharmaceutical industry companies and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. If these resolutions, he's talking about the amendments to the World Health Organization, we, I spoke about them last week, where the World Health Organization can come up with policies and procedures and drugs that you have to take, and no country that signs onto this thing, or that has signed onto it already, because these are amendments, uh, can say no. And the World Health Organization can come up with, um, with consequences for people that do say no and who are not compliant, including quarantines, lockdowns, obligatory vaccinations, digital passports, digital vaccine passports, uh, RFID chips injected into your palm. They're already promoting that nonsense in the, uh, in the Nordic areas, Nordic countries. But Vinjano says, given that the yielding of sovereignty is considered the crime of high treason by the laws of every nation, and that parliaments may not legislate against the interests of the nation, much less the violate the natural liberties and fundamental rights of the citizens whom they represent, I believe that it will not escape anybody's notice that this attempt by the World Health Organization to appropriate a power that properly belongs to individual nations is intended to impede any sort of opposition to the Agenda 2030, Wow! 
Never thought a man of the cloth would drop bombs like this, which in the field of healthcare, the Archbishop continues, also aims to accomplish the drastic reduction of medical and hospital services, the privatization of the health industry, and disease prevention by means of vaccines. Whoa! Calling everybody out here. And he's 100% right. These people, these politicians, these bureaucrats like Dr. Fauci, they're guilty of high treason. And we all know the consequences for high treason. That's going to be it for me. I tried not to do a 45 minutes wander through the woods, but I did it anyway. It was almost like I predicted it. All right, so last call podcast. I'm Chris Michaels. You can like me, follow me, and share me on Twitter, Instagram, and Truth Social. I'm particularly thankful for everybody out there on Truth Social. I've noticed a uh, significant amount of feedback and positivity. So, you know what? We're all a bunch of lovable fuzzballs on Truth Social. So go over there, find us, like us, share us, comment, uh, make fun of, and poke, because we are all good-humored and good-natured over there. This is The Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels.